Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and returning to the pod after many, many years is the amazing, awesome, fabulous Joe Brito. Joe is a psychological coach, a writer, interactive consultant, and founder of Innate Leaders. He works with a wide range of business leaders from organizations including nonprofits as well as the public and private sectors. His work focuses on creating long term sustainable change by developing a leadership mindset throughout an organization. Joe's experience in the world of experiential learning, plus his expertise in literacy theory and psychological coaching has allowed him to develop a methodology that facilitates sustainable results for a range of organizations, including Lockheed Martin, NASA, NASA, we did an interview with a guy from NASA once, check that out on this feed, Coca-Cola and Intel. Joe, you superstar, it's been many, many years. You were last on the show in 2017 with my good friend, Tim Baker, um, and uh, it's, it's long overdue. Welcome back to the HR Chat Pod. Well, thank you for having me back and you know it's, it was a long time since before but i've been counting the days to get back on <laughs> he's been sitting by his linkedin feed waiting for that message to come through exactly uh, yeah. <laughs> no I, I reached out to joe listeners i don't know only about a month ago saying hey joe can we get you back on the show um and uh, he, he was very gracious to, to reply to me and say yes very quickly and and we got to this point very quickly too um okay so there is another episode with you out there uh, from mm-hmm. back in 2017. You know, not much has changed, obviously, between uh, 2017 and, and now. <clears throat> um, but, but nevertheless, if uh, listeners want to hear more about your career journey, um, I'd encourage them to, to listen to that episode. Instead, I want to jump straight in and talk more about your outlook and your philosophy. So your passion for work comes from a personal belief, Joe, that when mindsets shift, everything shifts. So let's mm-hmm. let's just start there. Tell me about your philosophy and experience of of a mindset shift, or maybe maybe you've had an aha moment in your life. Well, yeah, for sure. So so perhaps bef- before we start, you know, b- before we get into that, it's a good idea to think about what is you know we hear a lot about mindset. So I just like to define some terms. So the first thing is is that we hear about a worldview, and a worldview for me is kind of like generally how we see the world, informed by our experiences, our social interactions, whatever it may be. And our mindset is how we specifically see the world in a specific situation. So if you like, it's our worldview informs our mindset. So that's how comes we can have a student mindset or an athletic mindset or a leadership mindset. And I think it's it's fundamental. I guess the philosophy for me is that mindset is fundamental to everything that we do because it determines what we think is right or what we think is wrong in any given situation and because of how we think it means it determines how we interact with other people and how we think things should be or they sh- shouldn't be so that's important because most of us think that our mindset is you know or our worldview is is a reflection of the world as opposed to one way of looking at the world and that's like a really important for me anyway that's like a really important point because if we think that the way that we see the world is an accurate reflection of the world, what that means is we don't question it and we conduct ourselves with a certainty that perhaps is misplaced. 
So the whole idea for me of allowing doubt into our thinking, which is kind of fundamental to what I do, becomes the catalyst or becomes the engine that allows us to drive and change our thinking. And all of this became really important to me uh, in 2008 when I had a nervous breakdown. And what I didn't really realize, perhaps consciously at the time, is what I needed to get out of that breakdown was a different way of thinking about the situation that I was in. And I developed the six attributes and all of this work as a way to get out of a nervous breakdown. And when I did eventually get out, it it occurred to me that this is something that I could bring, you know, to businesses and to people. And we can start to, you know, to help other people flex and think and adapt as well. We'll be right back after this message from today's sponsoring partner. Are you struggling to attract talent during this great resignation? AppCast is a global provider of recruitment, advertising technology, and enterprise managed services for talent acquisition. The company is a pioneer of programmatic job advertising, which uses clever algorithms to help employers increase engagement with qualified candidates by showing people the right job ads at the right time in the right places. Learn more and request a demo at appcast.io. Appcast, job advertising made simple. Okay, thank you very much. Now, obviously, this is not uh, a commercial for innate leaders. However, you guys practice some pretty cool stuff, so let's talk about them for a bit. Um, uh, Innate Leaders, it's a consulting firm that believes that everyone can lead, given Mm. the right support and and the right mindset, and that this this is true regardless of the role that someone holds in an organization. So we're not talking about just senior people here. How mm. is a mindset, Joe, relevant in a, in a workplace workplace context, please? And maybe as part of the answer, in, in what ways do you see this inherent ability in us all to lead shop in employees and leaders, perhaps during this, this COVID crisis that we've all been experiencing the last couple of years? You know, mm. has, has, has uh, the context of our situation perhaps brought the leader out, out, out of some of us faster uh, and in new ways than, than perhaps it would have done if we hadn't have all gone through the crisis. I think, you know, that mindset is really important in a work context because, you know, like I said before, it informs everything we do. So it informs how I show up to work and what I do when I'm there. If I'm an individual contributor, for example, it'll be apparent, my mindset will be apparent in my attitude to my job. If I'm a manager, it will inform how I relate and work with my team. If I'm a senior leader, well, then it might inform the way that I make decisions. And when I say might, because if I am in a position to really think about how I make decisions and what I do, then I can start to think about the way that I think about them. That sounds odd, but you know, I think very often when I go into businesses and I speak to leaders for the first time, some of the things that are really apparent is that they feel that the decisions that they make are based on facts and on data. And they may are, you know, there's, there's sometimes surprised to find out that actually our decisions aren't based in this kind of empirical way on the facts and the data. They're based on an interpretation of the facts and data biased by our own mindsets. So in business, mindset affects the, the decisions we make, how I lead, what I think is possible, and how, how I should go about doing that. And those things are available 
to everybody, regardless of where they sit in a business. They don't have to be a leader, but they can be aware that actually this is my mindset and this is how I think. And that's why I'm doing this particular thing, or that's why I'm, you know, that's why I'm arguing for this, this approach. So one of the, the really cool things for me, if cool is the word, perhaps it's not the word, but one of the, the interesting things for me in terms of um, COVID and work is that COVID and just being in a hard time is a really, really wonderful way for us to develop hum- humility because it means that as a leader, I'm able to see why am I wedded to a certain way of doing something? Why am I wedded to a certain way of how we recover? Or why am I wedded to this is how my suppliers should be or should be behaving or my staff should be behaving? So sometimes what's really helpful about going through something difficult, uh, especially as it relates to COVID, is I can start to get a sense of how flexible I am and how willing I am to adapt. Okay, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So your guiding principle, Joe, is when given the right support, the right mindset, and maybe the right tools that everyone can can lead. And and that's true regardless of the the role that they hold in an organization, of course. Can can you now take a few minutes to run through what some of of those tools could look like? Maybe you don't like the word tools and Feel free to <laughs> uh, offer offer uh, a counterpoint there, and and maybe as part of your answer as well, please share how the HR department. This is a show for HR folk um, and mm-hmm. managers, of course, can, can offer the appropriate support. Well, I think you know it's interesting that you do say tools because I think I'm sure you've heard that expression, uh, and I'm sure lots of lots of your listeners have too. That if we have a hammer, then every nail that you know, then every every problem we come across is a nail, and I think. If you think about the hammer as being a tool, if you're thinking about mindset, giving people tools to use in their mindset is kind of counterproductive because mindset, or at least the mindset work that I do, is about being willing to be flexible and and adaptable. And if I'm saying to you there's only one way of doing that, there's this one tool of doing that, then that kind of limits our ability to stretch our thinking. So it's kind of less about having tools and more about developing a way of thinking. Because if we're adept with the six attributes and just uh, to remind people, if you don't know, that will be things like mindfulness, genuine curiosity, flexibility of mind, resilience, creating leaders of other people and enterprise thinking. And if we're really able to work with those, it makes it easier to push the boundaries of our thinking to develop new ideas and ways of operating that perhaps we never would have thought or considered before. That's not necessarily a tool, that is just a way of thinking. So to help with that, HR and managers can create and allow a culture that that allows itself to be questioned. Um, One of the things that we do in businesses is we work um, with people to look at their challenges differently and develop new systems and processes. But what we also do is we help them make those ways of working self-reflexive. And what I mean by that is we build into the process the mechanism to question the process so that we can continually look at it and say, does it still work? Is it still what we need and does it help? That's kind of um, an important part really in terms of mindset because mindset isn't fixed which is why you know i kind of 
chatted about tools there for a second, because the more fixed we are in the way that we do things, the harder it is to break out of our mindset. So for me, mindset means being willing to look at different ways of doing things. And if we hold tightly to how something should be, it limits our ability to see something new that really could be there in plain sight, but just because of the way that we're seeing it, just because of the thing that we're really holding on to, it makes it hard or impossible to see. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I'm, I'm not entirely convinced that tools is the inappropriate term to use then given your, your answer there, because I'm, I'm sure really? if, um, if, you know, if, if a tradesman goes into his bag and he's got a, he's got a particular job that he needs to do, um, he would choose the right type of, uh, screwdriver, for example, mm -hmm. um, um, but he, he still he still got that training to know what to use at the right moments, which doesn't sound entirely unlike where, what you were saying there in terms of uh, getting to a particular mindset and, and having having at your disposal, you know, you know that that those learnings, if you don't want to call it tools, um, yeah. at your disposal to to employ at the right times. What, what what would you say to that? Well, I think that's that's true. So, you know, so, so it is about going. Okay, so at what point do I apply? deploy flexibility of mind, let's say, at what point do I deploy enterprise thinking? I suppose the reason why I'm taking umbrage with tools is because to me, sometimes it suggests a certain way of doing things. So it suggests that, okay, well, if I'm in situation A, I need to do step B. And I think that flexibility of mind is really all about looking at the situation and going, okay, when I look at this situation without being really wedded to, and like we call that a cherished idea, I, I don't have a cherished idea about how things should really play out now. It expands my worldview and it expands my ability to see something different. So I suppose we're sort of splitting hairs really, because I think what you're saying is when I look at that and I, you know, and I hold flexibility in mind, that is the tool of the minute. And I think I would, would agree with that. Um, but if we're talking about tools in terms of in order to use flexibility mind, I have to do A, B, C, and D, I would say then we're kind of beginning to limit ourselves again. So we're trading one mindset, you know, one perhaps re restrictive mindset for another restrictive mindset. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's say I'm sold and I, and I, I, I recognize that I need to be more flexible <laughs> In, in my approach, okay? How, mm -hmm. how, how, how would I go about changing my mindset? Okay, well, I suppose the first thing, and, you know, like, I would say this to anybody, and I don't mean to scare people off, but it does take effort and practice over time, and it's not the simplest, straightforwardest thing to do. And that sort of makes sense, right? Because most people will argue for their worldview or their mindset as opposed to look for why it isn't quite true. So it takes a courage, right? It takes like a courage and it takes a bravery to look at our worldview and go, actually, no, this isn't, you know, the world. This isn't like, like, a, I don't have a mirror on the world. I have my take on the world. So the very first thing that we do is we help people in this system that we call Mindset 6. We help them uh, develop the ability to start to see the limits of their own thinking. And once we see the limits of our own, of our own thinking, it means that we can expand beyond that because we know, if you like, where the, the limitations are. And that shift in thinking 
then gets applied to the problems that we have, which means that we can start to develop these revolutionary ideas. But rather than just talk about this, I could give you an example of something that we often do. And if you want, we can kind of see where that goes. Is that okay? Let's do it. I'm, I'm your guinea pig. Let, 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 let's jump, let's <laughs> okay. jump in. So, so this is like a really simple thing. And this is kind of around flexibility of mind. And all I'm going to ask you to do, and if your listeners want to play, that'll be fun too. It's just on your desk or wherever you are to pick up three things, like three random objects that are on your desk and just pick them up for a second. So while you do that, I'll just say to you that the th three things that I've, I've got here are I've got a water bottle, a plastic water bottle. I have a pen and I have my day timer and you can pick anything you want. I'm beginning to sound like I'm a magician here, but we're not really going to do a, a big trick. <laughs> Any okay. three things that, that you want to. I've got, uh, I've got here, I've got a, I've got a mask, um, because cool. we're, we're recording in January and, uh, it is what it is right now. Um, I've got, a, I've got a pen and I have a, I have a gloss, uh, with some orange juice. Brilliant. Okay. So all I'm going to ask then is to take those three things that you have and to combine them together to create something new where each object has a new function in the greater whole of the newer object that you create. Does that make sense? So we're going to use all three of those things to create a completely different object. And those three things will be constituent parts of that new object. Okay. Okay. So if you're listening to this, uh, you could just pause right now and you can have a go, but don't give yourself too, too long. Give yourself like, I know, like a minute or so. Uh, and I don't know how we're doing for time here, but. Well, I feel like this interview has gone in a different direction. Um, okay. Okay. So I've, I've, I've just downed, I've just drank all of my orange juice. Okay. So that I can turn my glass upside down. Okay. Just done. There we go. Can you hear that listeners? There we go. Um, and I am. I don't know what I'm doing with this mask and this pen. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, um, I, oh, oh, I've got it. I've got it. Okay. So uh, it, it's now a, a pen holder. It's a place where you can put your pen. Um, but in case it rains, although I am indoors, uh, I've got the mask over the top to keep everything dry. So it's it's a so it's a kind of waterproof, um, static pen that people would use in day to day life. Obviously. Perfect. 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 <laughs> Does that work? So so it, it, it absolutely does work. But do you see that the point that I'm trying trying to make here is to create something new. So, for example, my thing is I could crush up my water bottle. I could smash it all up, make it into small little bits, put it on the day timer, and then use the pen as a rake. And I've created kind of a, a Zen garden type thing. If it's oh, I like that. That's, that's so, much better than mine. <laughs> well, <laughs> but if it's difficult and if we find that actually, so I'm still using the pen. So in your example, for example, the, you know, the pen is still a pen. It's in a pen holder now. Right. But if I'm finding it difficult to do that and to find different functions for all of these, uh, these objects, it could be because we're holding on to a cherished idea of what the individual object does. So if you can, if you're following along with what I'm saying, what that means then is that our mindsets sometimes hold on to something, and that could be the pen in this case, in your example, Bill, or it could just be um, a way of working, or it could just be a way of looking at a situation, but we hold on to it. And because we're holding on to it, that makes it difficult to see the, you know, 
possibilities beyond that. And that is the first step of a shifting, shifting mindset is to really allow ourselves to be humble enough, you might say, courageous enough to go, listen, this is how I normally think about things. This is what is making it difficult for me to think about something else or to see this situation in a different way, to identify our own cherished idea and then really start to dismantle that cherished idea. But it's tough, though, isn't it, Joe? You know, so, for example, in my life, I, I, I watch Fox News occasionally just you know, because I, I want to say to myself, well, you know, you're being more balanced in in what you watch. But then I, I sit there and, and all it does for me is reinforce that I'm right with my more liberal views, frankly. It, it's it's yeah, yeah. You know, the old adage of positive reinforcement when it comes to why one would read The Guardian over uh, The Telegraph or uh, yeah. to use a, a Toronto example, you know, The Globe and Mail over, over The Sun. Um, <laughs> inherently, we, it, it's... It, it's very difficult to, 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 to kind of combat that bias, I guess, isn't it? Uh, it's it's exactly, it's, you're so, you're so right. And that really is the crux of all of the work that I do because, you know, it, because what people do is we see our worldview and this is kind of what I mean is that we tend, like we don't tend to see it as a way of looking at the world. We tend to see it as the way of looking at the world. And if somebody comes along and has a different frame of reference or a different point of view informed by their worldview what we'll tend to do is explain to them why they're wrong and that's based in because we think our worldview is right we think we're certain so because we're we're, we're certain we're going to be really really nice and explain to other people why they're wrong and that could be in a work context or anything like that most of the time whenever i go into a business and actually just in life as well when i meet someone and they're really certain what they tend to do is be, you know, like they're all very nice people. Everybody's very nice. And they tend to just say to someone here, let me just explain to you why you're wrong. They don't use that, you know, that language, but that's what they're doing. But what if we're wrong? What if I'm the person who doesn't quite have it right? And how does my mindset, how does my worldview prevent me from being able to see that? So that's kind of why I say that the, the foundation, if if you like, where all of these things, flexibility of mind and mindfulness and genuine curiosity, all of these come from this willingness to allow doubt in our own thinking. And it's super duper difficult, right? It really is hard. But, you know, I think being able to, to do that is a way for us to solve a lot of the problems of the world, not just the world, you know, like, the problems that exist in our businesses or the challenges that exist in our business, but things like climate change, things like COVID, things like all of the, you know, the, the challenges that we face in the world, we could start to solve if we were willing to look at things differently, if we're willing to start in a different place. Joe, um, I could go on with you for a very, very long time. And uh, it'd probably be very selfish because uh, I'd probably end up being a better human being from, from all the lessons that you could share with me. But uh, we are almost out of time, I'm afraid. Um, cool. Let's make sure it hasn't been, you know, four or five years until we do the next one. My goodness. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but before we do wrap up, how can our listeners learn more about you and connect with you? Maybe through LinkedIn. Maybe you want to share your email address. Maybe you're really cool and you're on TikTok. Um, and also, how can they, <laughs> they get a copy of your, your latest book uh, uh six attributes of a leadership mindset yeah absolutely well actually you know one of the things you can do is you can go to sixattributes.com and there is uh, a six attributes profile there so if any of this has been interesting to you you could go it's just a bit of fun but you could go and and see 
and see, excuse me, and see where you sort of sit with, uh, with the six attributes and how that sits with you. Um, the other thing that you can do is you could, uh, you could go to innateleaders.com or mindset6.com and you can kind of have a look more about what we do. If you want to contact me directly, it's joe, J-O-E, at innateleaders.com. So I-N-N-A-T-E-L-E-A-D-E-R-S, all one word, dot com. Awesome. And that just leads me to say for today, Joe Brito, you wonderful human being, thank you very much for joining me on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thanks ever so much for having me. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.